tired of offending people who don't believe in Jesus. Oh, what do I think? Who cares? Let's tell them the truth. Don't give me, they're just living their truth. Let God be true and every man a liar. In other words, if it doesn't come from the book, it's not true. So I had an accident. It was not a car accident. It was not a bike accident. It was an e-bike accident. I ramped a curb. The bike went one way. My body went another. 30 miles an hour. I wish my story was better than this, but we get the stories that were given. Am I right? Bang my face in the pavement. You should see the pavement, by the way. 30 hours in the hospital, four stitches, the CT and MRI later, and I'm here to tell you one thing. I love my wife. She's a mom, she's a woman, she's my other half, and she stopped her business trip over the weekend to come be by her husband's side when he really didn't suffer that much. I shared this story because there's a troubling, unholy, violent attack on women in our culture, and I wanna be on the front lines against it. Women matter, real women, with uteruses, you know, the old fashioned kind. Welcome into your favorite night of the week, The Deep End on Tim Hatch Live. The Deep End. Yeah, so it is season six, episode 25 of The Deep End, and welcome in, and I'm so glad you're here. If you would do me a big favor. Oh, there's the spy balloon again. Sorry, <laughs> the spy balloon is spying on us because China is out to get us as well in many respects on TikTok, and I'll talk about that in just a moment. But anyway, smash that like button and the subscribe button and the notification bell so you can get notified every time we go live on your smart device. Let your smart device actually do something smart for you, like, you know, tell you when our channel goes live, right? Yeah, we're going to talk about women because it is Women's History Month. Women's Month follows Black History Month. And I guess everybody gets a month now. Um, of course, like the LGBT crowd gets like four months. But nonetheless, everybody except white men get a month. Anyway, it is what it is. And we're going to talk about the fact that women, you are struggling with happiness no matter what the culture is telling you. And we got to talk about how you can find it and where to get it on Deep End News. Deep End News. The news you choose if you could choose news. So in 2019, a study was produced by a London professor named Paul Dolan suggesting that single women with no kids were the happiest and healthiest population subgroup in the world, <laughs> or in the West at least. But here's what Paul did not study. The married women that he interviewed reported being unhappy because their husband was not around due to extenuating circumstances. So when the husband is around, women are actually happier. And all the other reports about happiness and women prove that that is exactly true. If the husband and wife are not separated, either the husband's away on business or some you know military thing that he's doing or, or whatever, or they're separated or they're living apart for whatever reason, um, when that's not the case, married women are profoundly happier than unmarried motherless children. But that didn't stop the news media from going crazy. And this is just three of a plethora of findings of how many news articles and outlets are ready to report unmarried Women with no children are the happiest people on the planet. Woo! It's like Disneyland. Yes, uh, if you search google.com, are single women happier? All the results are yes, absolutely, extraordinarily happier. Never been happier. I stopped dating at 43, blah, 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 blah. And if you change the question and you put the question in Google, are married women happier? <laughs> the top three results are still that single, a single motherless children are happier than anybody else. And the results of this Again, this study was completely flawed. It has been discredited. Uh, there are no, there are several peer reviews that say it is not substantive, and every other study proves that married women with children are traditionally happier than their unmarried 
um, motherless counterparts. That's not to say, friends, and let me stop here and say that you have to be married and have children to be happy. That's not, not at all to say that. But I do believe that it is part of the, um, the, the, the culture's aim to create a culture, a world, if you will, where the things that God ordained for us to participate in, as in on the first page of the Bible, <laughs> marriage and childbearing, are considered bad for you or are considered to be the exact opposite of what you should experience. The reality is now that we've seen these studies coming out for so many years, and that study from Paul Dolan came out in 2019, a new study, Youth Risk Behavior from 2021, shows that no, women, and especially younger women, are sadder than ever before. 57% of female teens are persistently sad. 30% report uh, they considered suicide. 24% planned it. 13% attempted it. These are female teens. Now, you know, historically, women are far more likely than men to suffer from depression. But this is a travesty of, of immense proportions. Someone needs to tell women the truth. Like, for instance, that you're made in the image of God, right? This is Genesis 1.27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. That... Um, Eve was taken from the rib of the man. She is his equal partner. She is of equal worth and value. She has different traits than him, different parts than him. This does not make her lesser than or higher than. It just makes her different and unique and special. And I will say this as a biblical scholar, when you read the creation account, the last thing that God creates is woman, right? He creates woman and says, finally, we're done. Like that can't get better than that. Before women, he says, it's not good. After women, he says, it is, everything's good. So look, you've got to understand how the Bible speaks to women, because if you don't realize how elevating scriptures are, particularly Jesus was the most elevating of women of all men ever before him and ever since him, <laughs> you don't get more elevated by uh, any other man biblically and in a godly way than the way Jesus elevated women. And we have to teach these things to young women in particular because the messaging, the messaging that they're getting constantly foisted upon them is that you're only valuable if you're um, working a job 60 plus hours a week, making lots of money and aborting your inconvenient pregnancies, right? This is news out of California. California says it's going to stop its contract with Walgreens Pharmaceuticals because it decided, Walgreens is, d that is, decided to uh, not sell the morning after pill in 20 um, states where abortion is outlawed now. So 20 Republican attorney generals told Walgreens it could face legal action if it sold the abortion pills in some of their states, in, some, in these states. And so the very Catholic governor, the very, very Catholic governor of California, Gavin Newsom, severed his contractual ties with Walgreens because Walgreens will follow the law in pro-life states and not sell the baby-killing morning-after pill in those states. Um, now, this is, you know... <laughs> the tolerance of the intolerant. And you can read the article there for yourself. But I, ironically, I don't know if Walgreens is gonna be all that hurt by this because they are shutting down store after store in California, particularly in San Francisco because of lawless looting of these stores. So maybe a win 
for Walgreens not being allowed to be in California after all. For sure, women are climbing certain ladders in our society. They are outpacing men in many areas of society. They have always traditionally outpaced men in education, even when I was in high school, which was in the 90s, early 90s. You know, the women dominated the academics. I think, if I remember correctly, our valedictorian was a woman. I know that the year before, I think it was a woman. I think, uh, you know, a young girl. I remember, I have a cousin who was a valedictorian who was a woman uh, back in 1989. Uh, so even when I was in school, I th and, and there's been research about this, that women can do education faster and better than men because their brains develop in that area faster than men. So there's something to be said for the fact that yes, these areas of the world uh, at certain ages trend toward empowering women, education being one of them, which is really good because the New Testament, we're gonna get to this in a moment, actually stipulates that women should learn. They should be involved in learning the truth of the word of God, theology, biblical scriptures. They should know the gospel. They should share the gospel. They should teach the gospel. And these are not bad things. It's just about where they teach them within the body of Christ is limited to other women and children. And the pastoral authority is regarded re restricted for men. And there's another reason for that, which we've talked about extensively on this um, channel before. But this educational leadership deal, right? This educational gifting has actually become enormously weighted in the female category. Cityjournal.com reporting the feminization of the American university is all but complete. And I'm going to share these details for a reason, but let me unpack them with you for a moment. 75%, this article says, of all Ivy League university presidents are now female. Nearly half of the 20 universities ranked highest by Forbes will have a female president this fall. This is last fall, according to MIT, Harvard, and Columbia, uh, including, sorry, Harvard, MIT, and Columbia. The article, and it's not on the screen there, says that females made up 66% of college administrators in 2021. 66% of college administrators. Okay, that's incredible. That's a, that's a vast majority. Uh, the article goes on to state that females earned 58% of all BAs, Bachelor's of Arts, in the 2019-2020 academic year. If the present trends continue, they will soon constitute two-thirds of all of these degrees. At least 60% of all master's degrees and 54% of all PhDs now go to females. Ladies, you're killing it. <laughs> uh, then it says this, of course, feminist bean counters... Uh, let me put this up there. Feminist bean counters in the media and advocacy world are not impressed, noting that only 5% of the uh, 130 top U.S. research universities are headed by black, a black female. Only 22% of those federal grant magnets have a non-intersectional, i.e. a white female head. Shame on them. <laughs> so again, we have to move the goalposts constantly whenever there's an accomplishment in any kind of e e uh, equality because there's many politicians and many companies who make a lot of money on pushing the inequality um, mantras of our age. But this is the interesting reality of that study. Now listen in, this is why I share the rapid rise and increase and in fact domination of women in higher education. Turns out, ladies, once you get these positions of power, you're not all that tolerant. 
You know the tolerance that you wanted to become those things? Now you're very intolerant to anybody who suggests otherwise of anything that you might disagree with. This goes on, this article, and it's kind of interesting. The, far, the most far-reaching effects of the feminized university are the intolerance of dissent from political orthodoxy and the attempt to require conformity to that orthodoxy. This intolerance is justified in the name of safety and inclusivity. Now, women tend to be nurturers and protectors of their young. And so maybe when they get those positions of power in the university system, they begin, they tend to protect children in a harmful way. That is, protect them from ideas that might confront them and challenge them, right? So interesting little notation there. It turns out that females and males assess the value of debate and the legitimacy of speech restrictions unequally. The 2022 Fire College Free Speech Rankings reported stark differences in whether female and male undergraduates would allow speakers with offensive ideas, such as the belief that abortion should be illegal, to come on campus. In the 2021 Fire Rankings, over 40% of students at Barnard and Wesley William, Women's Colleges all supported the use of violence against dissenters. In a 2018 Knight Foundation survey, over four of over 4,400 college students reported in Quillette. 71% of males agreed that protecting free speech is more important than promoting an inclusive society. 59% of females agreed that promoting an inclusive society is more important than protecting free speech. See, the exact, almost the exact opposite. Two-thirds of male psychology professors from top universities polled in 2021 believed that pursuing truth was more important than pursuing social equity at the two conflict. Around a third of male respondents said that the issue was complicated. 52% of female psychologists answered that the issue was complicated, while 40, only 43% prioritized truth. A 2017 YouGov survey over, of over, over 2,000 U.S. adults found that 56% of men said that colleges should not protect students from offensive ideas, whereas 64% of females said that they should. So if your ideas are offensive, these women say, no, 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 we cannot allow them on campus. Men support, going on in the article, the development of knowledge that explains reality, even if such knowledge threatens egalitarian norms, whereas females are more willing to suppress such scholarship if it poses potential moral threats as Quillette put it. Now, those findings are very interesting because it's proving what I've talked about regarding the pastoral role being restricted to men in a very scientific way. Because when women start to find truth, if the truth hurts, they want to suppress the truth. If the truth confronts, they are far more desirable of protecting those people from the truth so that they don't get hurt. Such ideology will ultimately destroy a culture, ladies and gentlemen, as is happening presently. And we're going to talk about why in just a moment. Now, consider what else happens when you want to suppress certain truths, then only other truths get allowed. What are these universities, these very expensive universities being dominated by women teaching? This is an important question. If they're not going to teach truth, what are they going to teach? Don't you go to a university in pursuit of truth? Not feeling good, but truth. But no, consider that Stanford University, I kid you not, now has a, a undergrad program and a class dedicated to studying a Taylor Swift song. Yes, the continued dumbing down of your daughters happens at Stanford University at the cost of $56,000 per year. They offer a full 10-week course studying Taylor Swift's song, All Too Well. I guess that's the name of the song. And this is something that you might be paying for if your girl, your young girl is in college, your daughter's in college. For reals, this is a thing. I knew these women educators were trouble when they walked in. And this is why 
we're failing the kiddos. So, so this is just, <laughs> just like white liberals. Honestly, you now get to pay $56,000 a year for your teenage daughter who listened to Taylor Swift all her teenage life to grow to a university where she will earn a degree in diversity or gender studies and then come and tell you or your local bank that they aren't diverse enough. More on that in a moment. By the way, Taylor Swift is one of the most toxic ideological influencers in the last 20 years. Her persona is a fabricated mesh of Hollywood elite media moguls. She is talented, absolutely, but her life is an empty shell with a beautiful facade that teaches your daughters how not to be a woman, how to distrust men, hate truth, and mindlessly live for yourselves. Because you not having children until you self-actualized your dreams is the most important thing in the world. As this headline reads, if Roe falls, more female students could face the, quote, motherhood penalty, end quote. And yes, I am using Dr. Evil quotes, motherhood penalty. Can you imagine the terms motherhood and penalty going together? This is from the educational news outlet, the Chronicle of Higher Education. It talked about that there's a new study by researchers at Tulane and, wouldn't you know, Stanford University that show that women from low socioeconomic backgrounds take breaks from compete, completing their degree and why they take those breaks. They found that poorer women are more likely to take breaks from college than their wealthier female peers and more likely to take breaks than men from all socioeconomic backgrounds. The most cited reason, reason childcare responsibilities. Now look at these two paragraphs here up on the screen. Nurturing a child nurturing a new child, sorry, was easily the most common form of caretaking in our sample and was often brought about by an unplanned pregnancy during late high school or early college, they wrote. About a third of the women who took breaks because they became mothers during college ended up transferring, transferring or leaving their institutions so they could move. Now listen to this. They relocated to safer neighborhoods. Oh, that's so bad. So they could get better jobs. Oh, that's terrible. Or so they could be closer to family members who would help take care of their children. Oh, the humanity of having mom and dad around to help you raise your children. <laughs> like, are, they, do they, are these people on marijuana when they write these articles? What kind of sick, twisted world do these people live in to believe that a young girl would be so much better off taking the plan B, plan B pill so that she can clerk for some rando judge on the Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals, date a boy who can shave for 10 plus years and realize in her mid-30s that she's still not married, has no children, and the man in her life is about to trade her in for a younger model. Those poor women who get pregnant and move closer to family and raise children and find fulfillment in seeing their genetic and value parts of themselves passed on to the next generation so that they will outlive their lives. How do they live with themselves? <laughs> we are failing the females. That's the fact. Not only is higher education in on it, but standard education is totally in on it. Libs of TikTok reporting. This is a video I'm about to show you. Pleasant Grove High School in Elk Grove, California held a multicultural assembly on Friday, March 3rd, in which teens performed a, a school-sanctioned youth drag performance. The first drag reporter performer sorry, states that the performance is a 
protest for drag queens and transgender youth. They go on to slam a slew of red states for targeting transgender youth. Uh, quote, our performances for our community in Oklahoma, Idaho, Florida, Arizona, Texas, Arkansas, blah, 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 blah all those red states. Uh, be aware the drag queens are coming for your kids. Um, so anyway, let's play this video because it's astonishing. Here she is speaking to the gathered assembly of teens in the, in the gymnasium of the high school. Yeah, she talks like this. Now, I want to just fast forward to something here. So here she is. Let me put this full screen. Look at who's... Look at who applauds. Uh, first, wait. Look, at, look and listen who applauds. It was mostly women, if not all women. And it was a few guys that were clapping for the drag queens at the high school. You'll see closer here. Then they perform. We're failing the kids. We're failing the girls. The girls are the ones that are going bananas over boys dressed like girls and dancing as if they're really on the spectrum. Because I think they are. Honestly, this is insanity, but this is the modern American high school, and this is considered what? Progress? This is considered what? Multiculturalism. When they sent out notification as to what the performance was, that's what they sent parents. They called it the Multicultural Expo. March 3rd. Dear Parent or Guardian, PGHS is proud to present its annual Multicultural Expo taking place Friday, March 3rd. During this day, the students will be attending one of the two shows in the morning due to space restrictions. These assemblies are for students only. I, gee, I wonder why. And please note with the assemblies taking place until 11 a.m., early dismissal may not be available until after these assemblies are finished. We are going to indoctrinate your kids come hell or high water. That's literally what they're saying. And, and if you ask questions about this, you are in for a world of hurt, which brings me to news out of Rhode Island, where I used to live. If you ask any questions, the state, the teachers unions, the school boards are coming for you with a lawsuit. This is Nicole Solis. This is a woman who has been facing a lawsuit for the last several years because she called the school to ask about the curriculum for her kindergarten daughter. Yes, <laughs> kindergarten aged daughter. And the school board came for her with a lawsuit. Watch. My name is Nicole Solis, and I am a mother from Rhode Island who was sued by the teachers union simply because I wanted to know what my kindergartner would be learning in school. And here's how this happened. I asked to see the curriculum, and my school told me I had to submit a public records request. The curriculum wasn't posted online, and it wasn't available in a school district. Then I asked them if they were teaching gender theory, and they told me that they don't call children boys and girls, and they embed the values of gender identity into every classroom, including kindergarten, and they didn't want to answer any of my questions further. They told me that they would communicate with me only through public records requests, and that is the only way I could get my questions answered. And when I did submit the public records request that they told me to submit, and I submitted hundreds because I had hundreds of questions, my school board then put my name on the agenda of a public school board meeting and held a public school board meeting to discuss suing me for submitting the request that they told me to submit. 
In a five-hour-long school board meeting, they openly debated my moral character, my political motivations. They said that I was causing chaos, wreaking havoc, harming the district, harming children. One school board member even said she felt unsafe and started to cry because, as you see, I'm really scary standing here <laughs> right now. And they really just tarred and feathered me for asking questions. And they had never met me before, and this was the first school board meeting that I had ever been to in my life. They wanted to send a message to other parents that if you ask questions, they will come after you. Well, at the end of this meeting, they decided that they, they wouldn't sue me for asking questions because they never intended on actually suing me. They just wanted to publicly humiliate me in a school board meeting that was a show trial. And when that happened, then the teachers union, the largest teachers union in the country, the NEA, did file a lawsuit against me to bully me and harass me with frivolous litigation and to send a message to other parents that if you ask questions about public education, they will come after you. And I'm here so that this doesn't happen to any other parent in America. I'm still in litigation for almost two years with the teachers union. I still don't have my answers. But what I do know is that my school district and my teachers union didn't want to just hide the curriculum from me. They wanted to ruin my life just for asking for it. And I don't want that to happen to any other parent in America. So progressive leftists, are you okay with this? Are you okay with teachers unions silencing and intimidating people who are asking for things to be, to know about what you're teaching her, her child? That's her child, not yours. Contrary to what the, I think the leading teachers union, uh, Randy Weingarten says, they're not her ch children. It's Nicole Solis's child. We've reached out to Nicole to see if we can interview her here on the deep end. Um, yeah, this is your tax dollars at work as well. If you don't comply with gender ideology as good and true, you will be blacklisted, called out, intimidated, silenced by school boards. And it is not time to step back. It's time to step up. There's a picture here of her getting her lawsuit from the teachers union in 2021. So it has been going on for two years. By the way, New York Post reports nearly 6,000 U.S. public schools hide child's gender status from parents. Uh, it affects 3.2 million students in public schools in the U.S. So 3.2 million students now, if they say to their teacher, I'm a different gender, the teacher now hides by law, hides that revelation from the child's parents. This is a divisive tactic of our enemy, the devil, who is using uninformed, secular, progressive, LGBT indoctrinated people to separate children from parents. And you've got to be aware of it. And you might do yourself a favor right now by calling your kids schools and asking for the curriculum. Just do it. Just see where you go with that. I would love to find out from you, deep enders, who listen to me and follow me, and I might have you on an, an interview to see where that went for you. Because this has got to stop. The only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing. And let me put that a different way, for good women to do nothing. If there's good women out there, moms who care about children, yours and others, and the rights of parents oh, and, their, and their authority over those children, speak up, step out, ask questions, and put yourself out there. This is the battle of our age, and it's worth fighting because they're coming for your daughters. There's, of course, the TikTok craze, which we have talked about. And I'm gonna to get to this person in just a moment that's on the screen. This is Jeffrey Marsh. 
This is an, a lunatic. Um, TikTok, I've done a deep end episode on it before. It's called Daowin in China, and it has different algorithms for Chinese youth and for American youth. And Chinese youth are given very positive uh, communist China affirming videos in their feed. And the American children get all kinds of ultra creepy people in their feed. People like I just mentioned Jeffrey March. March, this is a transgender groomer all over TikTok seeking to literally drive a wedge between you and your child. Watch what he says in his programming. It's vile. Hi, kids. Hey, kids. I want to talk to the kids. Hi, kids. Hey, kids. <laughs> I will tell you about going no contact. So you've decided to go no contact with your family. <laughs> It's that time of year again, when you start thinking about going no contact. I want to encourage you and say something you may not have heard before. You're going to love it. So I'll give you a little tip about going no contact with your family. Going no contact means cutting your parents off. That's what that means. And in his creepy voice, you're going to love it. This is what's coming for your kids. Most, most importantly, what's coming for our daughters? It's creepy. It's unreal. Just a little bit more. I coach a lot of people one-on-one -on -one who want to go no contact with their parents. If you need a family, you can come hang out with me. They may not see the real you, but that does not mean that you're not real. That's demonic. And every person needs to be aware that this is what's going on on TikTok. What, how do you know if your child is not randomly scrolling and that guy, that weirdo, pops up? Of course, I'm the hateful bigot for saying this. Okay, I accept. If warning you against this guy <clears throat> makes me a hateful bigot, then hateful bigot be I. Because they're your children. They're your daughters. They're your sons, and the devil seeks to drive a wedge between you and them. <clears throat> By the way, our meat puppet president is ready to roll with federal legislation to make gender-affirming surgeries for minors a law. It must happen. And if you oppose them, you will face leg the legal ramifications of doing so. Uh, in an interview with The Daily Show, this is what... Me, puppet president Joe Biden had to say. A transgender kids is a really harder thing. What's going on in Florida is, as my mother would say, close to sinful. I mean, it's just terrible what they're doing. It's not like, you know, a kid wakes up one morning and says, you know, I decided I want to become a man or I want to become a woman or I want to change. I mean, what, what, what are they thinking about here? They're human beings. They love, they have feelings, they have inclinations that are, I mean, it, it just to me is, I don't know, it, it's cruel. And the way we do it is we make sure we pass legislation like we passed on same-sex marriage. You mess with that, you're breaking the law, and you're going to be held accountable. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Christians who couldn't pull themselves together to vote for Donald Trump, this is what you get now. Uh, many of you professing Christians voted for him. And if you suggest that your kid should not get medically sterilized and have life-altering surgery as a minor, 
according to Joe Biden, very Catholic Joe Biden, by the way, you're sinning. You're a sinful man. You, father, who stops your 12-year-old from getting her breasts cut off, 13-year-old, 14-year-old, from getting her breasts cut you are now a sinner in the eyes of Joe Biden. This man is a disgrace to leadership, a disgrace to Catholicism, a disgrace to the United States. Please, please, people from other countries, do not listen to us anymore. Do not listen to Americans anymore. Don't come to us. Go to this. This is your authority, not us. Please do not inhabit, imbibe, desire, or love American ideals. We've lost our way. And not everybody in this country is on board with this guy. In fact, about half of us are totally on the other side. And you've got to realize that this is a war that we are in right now that currently we're losing. There's no doubt about it. But what old Biden said there, I know he's early onset dementia. And so he most likely doesn't operate Twitter or social media for himself, of course. But if he did, he'd see that, yes, what he claims is not happening is actually the exact thing that is happening. Kids are waking up one day, coming to mom and dad at midnight and saying, oh, I'm the other gender. Worst mom of the year award goes to the lady posting this very thing on her social media, um, celebrating how demons took over her children um, to her everlasting joy. This is crazy. Watch the video. And I'm going to uh, read the subtitles for those of you who listen. Ellie told me around midnight they needed to talk. This is one year ago. They had the courage to come out to us as they. English language is just tortured here. Immediately after their twin sister came out as he. So she has twins. Now she has a they and a he. Unbelievable. Twin girls. Are they and a he? Of course, the mask wearing. Secular progressive. There's the little girl getting her hair chopped off at the barber. Or salon. I don't know. Maybe she went to a salon. Barber. Uh, anyway, I love my child so much. They're brave. They're inspiring. This new adventure is the most beautiful one I will ever have. We made them feel loved and saved and accepted. And of course, the pink dye, requisite pink and purple dye. And then the posing for happiness, pictures, just trying desperately to create this facade of happiness, trying desperately to prove to the world that we are happy. I can't describe it. It's incredible, says mom. It's Kelly and Ellie's stim time. They feel so alive. Show them they are amazing and dance. Oh my word. I've never been happier. I bet, mom. This is, uh, this is the war that's being waged against young girls. And you need to know what's happening so that you can fight for your family. I can't, you can't stop your neighbors. You can't stop your unbelieving cousin or unbelieving uncle from doing these things. But you can be aware of what's happening so that you can pray against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places, which are very real, by the way. <clears throat> if anybody doubts the, the, the demonic at this point, you're insane. If any Christians, that is, doubt the presence of the demonic, the presence of the evil forces of wickedness, you are insane. This girl was, their daughters were going through a phase, as many young girls do, especially prepubescent or pubescent girls. It's very difficult. Angelina Jolie's daughter pretended to be a boy for a few years. Maybe, maybe just maybe kids don't know a thing about who they are. And maybe just maybe it's the parent's job to, I don't know, tell them 
But no, from the highest levels of our government to the lowest levels of our media, and with Chinese influence through TikTok, we are training an entire generation that biology and science is a joke. Your feelings are always more important and you should follow them. Take the very serious Dr. Jill Biden, who not only has to spoon feed her husband his mashed peas at night, she has to give women's awards to men. This is the Washington Examiner reporting. Jill Biden gives International Woman of Courage Award to a transgender official, a man, not a transgender, a man. This is Alba Rueda, a man who pretends to be a woman winning the award. Rueda serves as Argentina's special envoy for sexual orientation and gender identity because our country wants to export this crap to other countries that don't want this crap. By the way, it's highly ironic that the same side of the political aisle that believed that we unfairly and unrighteously colonize the Native Americans with Christian values and Christian truth uh, now want to colonize other countries with Americanized secular liberal values and secular liberal truth, which is not truth. It's lies. So imagine you are one of the 10 other women who are getting leadership awards and you have to pretend and celebrate with this dude, <laughs> this very thick, stronger dude. Uh, and I'm just going to get hate for this from some people. And I understand. And I don't care because... Jesus said, woe to you if all men love you. So you should be hated by a few people. But this has to be the most anti-science thing I've ever seen. Indiana, what, what, what happened to flyover country? Uh, <laughs> the virus is spreading from the coastal elites right into the heartland of America. Indiana medical students are subjected to DEI, that's diversity, equity, and inclusion instruction on gender as part of basic human structure course. So this article reads, first year students at the universe, Indiana University's School of Medicine are being subjected to woke diversity, equity, and inclusion instruction as part of a basic human structure class according to the documents obtained by Fox News Digital. Students in the class receive a sex and gender primer lesson that includes instructions on gender being a social contract con construct, that sex and gender are not the same thing, and on how to be a more inclusive healthcare professional when it comes to gender diverse patients. Now, when I was in the hospital and getting my stitches right here, before I, well, actually I got the first, I, after I got stitches, a couple things about the medical field I want to let you, let you in on that God allowed me to have a firsthand experience with last week. I am getting admitted. The reason why I'm getting admitted, and I will tell you, this, this is my experience. I went in and, um, oh, you know what? Actually, wait, before, let me tell you what happened. I actually made a video. <laughs> I think the video is funny. So here's what happened. Uh, that day to me, uh, and we're going to recap it. And if you are a little bit queasy with blood and stuff like that, maybe don't watch or just fast forward if you're watching this on repeat or whatever. But here's what happened. I put this video together and I wanted to share it. And then I'm going to share my hospital stay story about gender identity and all this garbage and ideology coming into our hospitals. Watch. He's been asking the same question left and right. So he just fell off a bike and you can see the slash under his eye too. Lesson learned, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, thank you to my dear friend Shane Parsons for sending me this helmet. It's a nice helmet. 
But anyway, when I was in the hospital, the nurse uh, who was admitting me interviewed me and she asked the basic questions and then she said these words and I kid you not. She said, I'm so sorry I have to ask you this question, but were you born male? I'm like, girl, look, okay? <laughs> and yes, I did assume her gender. Um, and I responded, I said, I'm so sorry that you have to ask that question. It's ridiculous. Anyway, she took my word for it that I was born male. Uh, and then we had talked, uh, we, we talked a little bit more about it. It's just filtering in to every level of society, every area of society. It's not going away. I, I don't know how we bounce back from this. I don't know how we come back from it because it's undermining the very structure of human existence. Uh, the other part of my hospital stay was that when I was getting the stitches, they had to numb this area. So they put some lidocaine, they injected some lidocaine into this area of my cheek. Uh, and then they stitched me up and then the lidocaine, you know, swells your, and it's, you know, stymies your nervous system and everything like that. So this eye wasn't blinking suddenly. So I was you know, doing this and the only reason why I got admitted, I share this because of this. The only reason why I got admitted is because they didn't even put together that my eye didn't stop blinking on this side until after they admitted the, the lidocaine administered the lidocaine. So it was their administration that stopped my blinking. And then I ended up a day, uh, a night and a day in a hospital, for, probably without need or cause, got an MRI and a CT, probably without need or cause, could have gone home a couple hours after I got to the hospital because it was only four stitches. <laughs> anyway, the point is, is that sometimes the cure is worse than the disease, right? Science makes mistakes. Medical practitioners make mistakes. And it seems to me that they're intentionally now making mistakes and it's getting worse and worse and worse. And this in collusion with the destruction of female sports. I ran across this video. Here's a grown man with breast implants literally ble beating the tar out of a female in MMA because diversity. Okay, there's the girl. Obviously, I don't think I have to point it out. There's the girl. Which one of these is the male? Just, I wonder. And so just fast forward. I mean, he literally pounds her and nobody says a thing. Just destroys this poor girl. This is equality. This is fairness. No. There, how is he proud of that? How is he proud of that? And this is the future of our country. And this is where it is headed more and more in the name of what? diversity. When you hear DEI at your place of business, my admonition to you is to refuse the education or the indoctrination program. When you hear ESG, which we'll talk about that in just a moment, refuse the indoctrination and program. And particularly if you are not white, please, as a white man, I am asking you, please, if you're a Christian, refuse this indoctrination, refuse this, because they'll listen to you before they'll listen to me. They will. I know they'll listen to white people as well, but, but they will listen to non-white people far more than they'll listen to white people when non-white people reject DEI indoctrination and ESG indoctrination. Because we have to ask this final question, where does the diversity and the confusion of our culture lead? Where does it lead? It leads to Silicon Valley Bank. The second largest bank crash in US history has happened. Silicon Valley Bank is no more, just like WAMU uh, over a decade ago, Washington Mutual. Its shareholders are liquidated. Now, the federal government has broken the law 
and has guaranteed all deposits. The law calls for protection, FDIC insurance on $250,000, but our do everything for you, cradle the grave, protectors of our lives because they really want to play the part of God and not just government, has guaranteed all deposits at Silicon Valley Bank protecting all the invest all those who have money at all in the bank and they're covering everything why because number one the government wants to be god and take care of all your needs and number two the government is beholden to the lgbtqia lobby and their woke scolds and they need to cover their butts and i want to illustrate that for you evidently this bank uh, Silicon Valley Bank was more interested in being woke and socially aware than fiscally sound. <laughs> uh, yeah, the bank actually didn't have a risk assessment official from, let me put this up, from April 2022 until January 2023. That's an eight month period. This is the risk assessment official that literally every bank has to have to make sure that the investments that the bank makes with your money are not too risky. And these are also the months that the uh, two large, two top officials in the bank set plans in motion to dump large amounts of stock in the bank. And uh, what they did have, happily, was a diversity officer who was organizing pride events. In fact, month-long pride events. Now, let me tell you why it was important that they did not have that risk assessment operator. Because the eighth month, eight month period that they did not have the risk assessment operator in place was the eight month period that inflation went out of control and was already out of control and rates were going up to counter it. Jerome Powell was raising rates exponentially to make sure that inflation stayed cool. Didn't really work that well. Inflation is still at 6% as of this morning. But banks with risk assessment officials would have said wait a second rates are going up we shouldn't buy all these government bonds because they're going to be worthless in a couple of months because with these rates going higher the return on future bonds is only going to go higher and the bonds that we bought when inflation was low are going to be worth junk and that's exactly what happened this was exactly what caused silicon valley bank to lose all kinds of profitability all kinds of valuation and literally not be able to guarantee most of its deposits this is what wokeism and diversity will get you because the kids are going to school to learn about Taylor Swift songs and not economics. So they had this diversity officer, I'll put this person up on the screen, Jay Ursafa, Ursafa. <laughs> she was recognized in an outstanding.com article as the 2022 top 100 LGBTQ plus future leaders. And she was known for organizing pride events, a pride town hall, instrumental in initiating the organization's first ever global safe space catch up, supporting employees and sharing their experience of coming out. She was cre uh, she created the first month long so Silicon Valley Bank EMEA pride campaign involving awareness video with representat representatives of the firm's LGBTQ plus communities and allies across the executive board, Stonewall and SVB UK LGBTQ plus charity partner. She worked in the UK version of the, of the bank. Uh, she go, it goes on and on. Numerous awards, numerous celebrations, numerous accommodate, uh, uh, accolades in the LGBTQIA environment. And, and this is who they had in place as interest rates went up through the roof and government bonds went down in value that were purchased under the former state of the economy. So, yes, 
go woke, go broke, as this UK Mail Daily Mail article reports. SVP hired board obsessed with diversity, invested $5 billion for a healthier planet, and held month-long pride celebrations, but had no chief risk officer for eight months last year. Uh, this article says executives at Silicon Valley Bank focused on woke initiatives to increase diversity amongst its ranks and invested startups promoting a healthier planet, but failed to spot its glaring problems with investments at, as interest rates rose. Uh, yeah, so again, just repeating what I've already talked about, but this is where it leads to. Now you have the financial industry um, on a very tenuous precipice. Now you have everybody up in arms wondering, should they take money out of the bank? A run on the bank, which hasn't happened since George Bailey got married to Mary Hatch in It's a Wonderful Life. A run on the bank is now happening in our very, very strong Joe Biden economy. This these things matter. The attack on women matters. The turning everything into a question of what are your genitals? What do you want to do with your genitals? And how much melanin is in your skin is going to come back to bite us. And this is just the first fruits of this. This is just the first, <laughs> the first domino to fall. Because yeah, it turns out if you learn about Taylor Swift songs and not math, you end up stinking at math and you're bad for banks, which hold other people's money. Because I'm pretty sure that black people's dollars bills and white people's dollar bills are pretty much the same value. Yeah? And I would, I would, I would be willing to admit, uh, think at least or suggest that black people care just as much about their dollar bills as white people. Yeah. So manage the money well, SVB and other banks, instead of promoting all of this left-wing, secular, progressive, woke garbage that is destroying young girls. The question also has to be asked is the happiness level. Well, let's circle back to that because really that's what I want to talk about. Women, how do you be happy? This article that came out uh, at EV Magazine, I think .com, states over 50% of liberal, liberal white women under 30 have a mental health issue. 50% of liberal white women under 30 have a mental health issue. This is from reports from a 2020 Pew Research study revealed this. So I guess we're not helping the kids if they're not happy. Another article from the same magazine, is your health related to your political ideology? Let's talk about it. The article states, I'm someone who has been on both sides. I grew up fairly conservative. This is Gina Florio. I'm going to show her Twitter in just a moment. I grew up Fairly conservative in a Christian home, college and graduate school were simply the machines that turned me into a leftist. I've been in the heart of academia at Harvard University. And I spent years of my life surrounded by leftists, whether it was in higher education or the newsroom or the media where comp where company where I worked. A few years ago, I held my I had my red pill moment. I dove down the rabbit hole and completely re-educated myself on what's really going on in the world. Today, I work in the conservative political space, and now I'm surrounded by people who have the same viewpoints as I do. Uh, then she states this, something I personally noticed after being on both sides is that liberal feminist women tend to be much unhappier and angrier than the average woman. They talk a lot about their health problems. On the other side of the coin, I've noticed that conservative women are generally happy, con content ladies who are genuinely grateful for their life. So the argument about getting the abortion pill and having abortion access is to make your life happier. But evidently, all those abortion pills and all those abortions don't actually make you happier. It makes you angrier. And that's the, the argument, right? We want to make sure that women are happy and healthy. They've got to have healthy access to health care. Abortion is health care. Not for the baby that's killed, of course, but abortion is health care. So this is uh, what she also puts in the article. Extreme liberals suffer from a 150% increased rate of mental illness compared to moderates. And then this 
<clears throat> is her pinned tweet on her Twitter account. She said, I moved to Peru and shaved half my head and wrote for Teen Vogue. If I can come back from the depths of leftism, trust me, anyone can. And now she is Gina Buntempo, no longer Gina Florio, which means that she got married and she's happy and she's okay. Let me say something to the younger people that are listening to me. It's not always been like this. I'm a child of the 90s. Good times. Man, I'm telling you, I miss the 90s. I miss the 80s and the 90s. They were the best two decades. <laughs> and it's not just because I was a kid. You ask your, my parents, they say the same thing. They love the 80s and the 90s. My sisters were older than me, 10 years older than me, and still are. And they love the 80s and the 90s. I ran across this video from 1990 uh, teenage girls being interviewed at the mall. Listen to how happy they are, and then listen to their priorities going to the mall. Watch. What are you guys doing at the mall today? Shopping and looking for boys. <laughs> Same. Which comes first? Looking for boys. <laughs> looking for boys. Uh, just hanging out. <laughs> looking for people. Looking for guys. <laughs> shopping. Looking for guys. How about you? I lost my date. <laughs> I'm just shopping around. Looking for boys. Yeah. yeah scoping. Boys. You're scoping. So <laughs> looking for females. Because my female's not right. Okay, so black and white kids going to the ball, looking for members of the opposite sex because that's where happiness is. <laughs> it's okay. God created the male, female, and told them to get together, one male, one woman, and get busy and have babies and enjoy life. Yeah, it's hard. No, it's not perfect. But there was a time in America when we weren't having young girls being worried about climate change screaming at us. Oh, by the way, speaking of Greta Thunberg, uh, whoever runs her Twitter account because she's also on the spectrum deleted a tweet from her in 2018 that suggested we'd all be dead by 2023. Hmm. I wonder why they deleted it. So, yeah, this it was not always the case. You know, we weren't always this miserable. Our teens and our young people were not always this miserable. They, they weren't always worried about the climate destroying their lives tomorrow. They weren't always worried about getting abortion access in Texas. They weren't always worried about how they're a victim of the patriarchy and toxic masculinity. How did we get from this video to where we are now? I'd suggest pornography has a big to do with it. A big deal about it is pornography. I mean, if you consider what pornography does, it invalidates womanhood. It invalidates romance. It invalidates monogamy. It invalidates purity. It takes all the things that actually help your life and literally destroys them, crinkles them up and throws them in the garbage. And then you're left with this hollow, shallow version of life that does no one any good. And so I would suggest the patriarchy isn't the problem, kids. Pornography is the problem. And you have to hear things like this if you're going to be happy. You, you've got to hear things like this if you're going to be well-adjusted. Let's talk about, too, one of the most inconvenient verses about females in the Bible. I'm not afraid to talk about it. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about 1 Timothy 2, 12 to 15. I do not permit a woman to teach or exercise authority over a man. Rather, she is to remain quiet. For Adam was formed first, then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived and became a transgressor. Yet she will be saved through childbearing if they continue in faith and love and holiness with self-control. Let's talk about this verse. On the surface, it looks completely... Uh, female phobic. It looks <laughs> misogynistic, patronistic, all those kind of bad, you know, adjectives that we've invented to divide males and females from each other today. 
What does it say? First off, it says exercise authority. That means to rule over men. This is definitely not how God intends humans to operate, women ruling over men. I went over the fact that even right now in the university system, the women who run the universities are far less tolerant of truth when truth offends the young people. They want to protect kids from truth. When you protect kids from truth, you end up with SVB. You end up with Silicon Valley Bank. More committed to feelings than details and financial disclosures. Hmm? How about that? So then it says she used to remain quiet. Doesn't say silent, quiet. Means, ladies, listen. The man must teach you the word. Adam was formed first. He got the word before Adam was there, before Eve was ever there. He got the rules of the garden before Eve was ever there. He got the job to name the animals before Eve was ever there. Naming in the ancient in the ancient world in the Hebrew uh, Bible, it refers to authority. So Adam was given authority. And then it says that Adam wasn't deceived. No, Adam's problem was that he was silent because he was there with her the whole time when she was talking to the snake. Adam's problem wasn't that he wasn't deceived. He, was, he, was, he sat silently by and said nothing. In other words, he did the opposite of what I'm doing right now. And Eve talked to the snake and then she handed him the fruit and he ate it after she ate it. She became a transgressor and led him into sin. Jesus becomes our sinless, spotless lamb who offers us the fruit of his body and blood and leads us out of sin. And we become his true bride, the bride of Christ, and are redeemed from sin and Adam's curse. Then this, then this line, verse 15, yet she will be saved through childbearing. That doesn't mean that she's going to be forgiven of her sins and brought into heaven because she had children. No, the word saved here is intricately tied to being happy if they continue in faith and love and holiness and self-control. Those things produce happiness. Childbearing produces happiness. And by the way, any woman who receives salvation does so because she heard someone who was born of a woman preach the gospel. So technically she is saved by childbearing because childbearing produced every gospel preacher ever known to man. But that's how you're supposed to interpret that verse. And you can take it as misogynistic and hateful and outdated, or you can take it as the source and the true path to happiness. As this article proves from Newsweek magazine, why conservative women report being the happiest and how you can be too. This article does a wonderful job of refuting the findings from the 2019 Paul Dolan study that I talked about earlier in the episode. And it highlights a couple of the facts that I'd like to share with you now. Married mothers between 18 and 55 have a mean mean household income of $130,000 compared to $79,000 for childless single women, 18 to 55. So they're richer. Married mothers, uh, married mothers between 18 to 55 have uh, are happier, far happier, 15 percentage points happier than their single liberal counterparts. Uh, they are also 60% more likely to report, uh, I'm sorry, 60% less likely to report feelings of loneliness compared to um, their single counterparts. So co conservatives too here does not mean Republicans necessarily. It means people who believe in traditional values, traditional family roles, fathers, mothers, one man, one woman for life, raising children, traditional roles. The women stay home with the children when the children are young. These things are not anathema. These are actually the source of happiness. And people need to say it and people need to hear it. And we need to teach it from the from the pulpits of America's churches because we have been too busy trying to gain fans and followers and friends and not actually develop disciples of Jesus Christ who are happy and fulfilled in the ways of God. That is my diatribe on how women can be happy this women's month. And I am thankful for the women in my life. My mother, who raised me in the faith, along with my father, they're still married. And a lot of my happiness is because they're still married. And my own wife who makes me happy and mad and 
frustrated and fulfilled. She does all those things. She's very talented. And because of her, I am who I am. And I am a better man because of her. And then my wonderful daughter, my oldest, at Liberty University right now, studying and growing and developing and searching for a man who loves Jesus. And I pray every day that she will find a man who loves Jesus more than he loves her, but loves her more than anybody else. That's what you should be praying for for your daughters, bringing them to church, getting them into the Bible, speaking up at their school boards, at teachers, parent-teacher conferences, getting and running, running for and getting uh, uh, positions in school boards and parental authority boards and accountability boards, whatever it is in your district, in your state, in your community. Go for it. Do it. Be a part of the solution and not just somebody who complains about the problem. And now I can finally do a review of Jesus Revolution to close this episode. Yeah, so I went to see Jesus Revolution. I talked about it, that it was um, outperforming at the box office, and that's a good thing, and I want to talk about the movie because I saw it myself. A couple things about Christian movies. For the longest time, Christian movies were terrible. They were terrible. I'm speaking of God's Not Dead. I'm speaking of Left Behind. Every single Left Behind movie that's ever been made is terrible. Um, back in my day, this, the movies that used to scare the H-E-W hockey stick out of you, <laughs> uh, the Left Behind, uh, I'm sorry, the Thief in the Night movies. Let me know in the comments if you remember those movies. Yeah, um, they're just terrible. Bad acting, bad hair, bad scripts, bad everything, bad music. This movie was beautiful. It was a beautiful story about real people. It was not overly evangelistic, and that might be funny hearing that coming from a pastor. But what I loved about the movie was it was a good story. And this is what Christian artists and movie makers and filmmakers need to do. They need to just tell good stories, make it connect with the human condition. Uh, Christians do not have to always call for people to respond to the gospel in every artistic endeavor that they that they attempt right uh, even the gospels themselves are stories stories of what jesus did to people with people for people they're stories and no jesus did not say at the end of every healing okay now bow your head and close your eyes i see that hand i see that hand i see the hand he didn't do that he just moved on to the next story to the next story to the next story the story is important because the story connects with my story and helps me connect my story to his story and this movie does a wonderful job of that it was well shot it was well edited the scenery was fantastic southern california can't beat that anyway uh good music even some secular music was used which i valued as a christian pastor going to a very over you know christian movie i, I valued that it's good it actually engages culture that way couple things to note, however, that the movie does not go into. The relationship between Lonnie Frisbee and Chuck Smith was only like 18 months long in that church, uh, Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa. Uh, Lonnie Frisbee also was a practicing homosexual, I believe, until the day he died of AIDS in 1993. He had a lot of skeletons in his, in his closet, and yet God did still powerfully use him. And the reason why God powerfully used Lonnie Frisbee, who did not endorse homosexuality, but definitely struggled with homosexual attraction and sex, the reason why God used him was because that's the only people that God can find, imperfect people, such as you, such as me. And some of you might say, well, I can't step up into this fight for the soul of my children and my country and my culture because I'm an imperfect person. Well, ask Moses about that, who killed the guy. Uh, ask David about that, who committed adultery and killed off the husband of the woman that he had adultery with. Ask Solomon about that, who married 700 women and had 300 concubines on the side. Ask Noah about that, who after the ark got drunk, got naked, passed out in the tent and was embarrassed in front of his sons. Ask, I don't know, anybody about it. Peter, who denied knowing Christ. 
John and James who wanted to call down fire on their enemies and were kind of obnoxious about power and importance. The only people that God can use are imperfect people because the only people that God can find are imperfect people. And he's used many of them before. He's using them now. He's using this one and he can use you. And we need to step up and be the church now more than ever before. Hey, help me out on this channel. Support the channel by purchasing some swag at timhatchlife.com. That'd be really great. A lot of cool stuff up there and we're creating more new content all the time. Support the channel through the cash app, Tim Hatch Live, timhatchlive.com slash support. You know the drill there. Thank you to all of our deep enders, our supporters on the deep end. Tomorrow night, the deep dive is back as we go to second, no, first Kings chapter End of chapter 19 into chapter 20. Powerful story of how God is God in the hills and the valleys, and you don't want to miss it. I will see you tomorrow night. Let me know again that you like the show, or please at least subscribe. Subscribe. Hit the notification bell. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that uh, the ball, little bell. Uh, I already talked about that. That's the concussion talking. The like button. There you go. Hit that button. And I will be back with you tomorrow night on the deep dive. God bless you. Have a great night.